0: of the best food scenes in the country right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason Derusha. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as Derusha Eats. And thank you for listening to Derusha Eats. It's Jason Derusha, food critic for Minnesota Monthly Magazine and chief food critic here at WCCO Radio in Minnesota. Today we're talking about the suburbs that have become surprising outposts for high-end food. The suburb of Robbinsdale, Minnesota, was perhaps best known for a butcher shop, an old-school butcher shop in downtown Robbinsdale. Yes, there were restaurants. Yes, there is a Main Street. But something different happened when Mike Brown and his partners built the first iteration of Travail Kitchen and Amusements. They used the money in their savings, they were swinging the hammers and operating the the saws and the, uh, oh man, they built the restaurant themselves. Today, his team has been James Beard finalists, bringing the most expensive, or at least one of the most expensive tasting menu experiences in town. I just experienced it myself with a couple friends at Travail, which is not a DIY restaurant anymore. It's gorgeous, multi-million dollar restaurant building. And their expensive tasting menu is one of a kind. So much fun. Plus, a suburb north of St. Paul in Minneapolis that only had chain restaurants. Carly Gatsloff shares her story of how she transformed an old hardware store into a restaurant with critically acclaimed food and a real sense of community in the town of Shoreview. It's called Churchill Street. Carly Gatsloff and Mike Brown share their stories of bringing high-end food to surprising suburbs. In this edition of the DeRussia Eats podcast. Our guest today is Mike Brown from Travail. Hello. It's great to have you here, Mike. <laughs> great to be here. Mike is sitting at a very low level on a chair. You look <laughs> I I, like a, I made a, choice. a very tiny <laughs> man.
1: <laughs> I made a choice. Should I stand up? I'll stand up. I, I don't it. know. It's fine
0: either way. Our, right, our, here we go. Here we our go. tables here are, are almost <sighs> like. Center Island. Uh, it feels yeah. good. I'll do the standing. That so feel good. You can I'll sit. Stand I, don't, I don't mean to bully you. I like the, it. I like it. It's <laughs> now your normal height. Well,
1: <laughs> which isn't very tall at all. Right. Anyway. How tall are you? Well, I used to be five seven, and now I'm, I'm probably shorter than I, I, I mean, it happens. Yeah.
0: It happens. Travail Kitchen has been uh, just such a spark plug of energy and excitement uh, in the wider culinary community here in the Twin Cities. But certainly in Robbinsdale, where you guys have changed, really that downtown Robbinsdale area into Birdtown, they call it. Birdtown's like kind of (laughs) hopping.
1: It's better in Birdtown. It is. Yeah, that's what they say out there.
0: Uh, Travail was your first, Mm -hmm. but tell us your story. Twelve years ago. It's been a yeah. It's been a long time. Twelve years of travail.
1: We're no longer the new kids on the block. That's for sure. You
0: were a bunch of, uh, and I remember you telling me the story of you guys kind mm-hmm. of uh, building the restaurant yourself. That yeah, original Travail, twelve years ago. Yeah,
1: back in the day, we we didn't really have much to start with, and it was all kind of self-funded from our parents and uh, no and, investors, and none uncle. of that. Yeah, just, just family. We started with seventy-five thousand, and uh, we turned a cafe into what Travail was then. Um, and we had food and beer and wine and $2,000 in the bank account. So uh, we were outside busking to get people to come in and just eat lunch with us. But um,
0: were you worried in those early uh, days that it was that you were going to lose it all?
1: Well, I remember thinking uh, with my business partners, Bob and James, we were like, you know, all chefs were just sitting there and we're like, well, we need to break 10000 a week or we're going to go under. Mm. And uh, I know we get really, really close and then about. Two months in, the article started coming out about us being open as a restaurant, and it started to kind of—it added about 20 to 30%, and then that, all of a sudden that kind of became our profit margin. But um, it started with like six people in a dishwasher. So wow. there was just the three of wow. us, three cooks, and then a dishwasher. And the original
0: vision, I think, is why people really got so— I mean, obviously the quality was terrific, but this idea of taking, you know, sort of some of the— Techniques of fine sure. dining, but really bringing the fun and bringing it to people, so it wouldn't be so like, oh, this is for rich people or fancies.
1: Right. It was. It was more like it, it. was. It was the three of us having a background in fine dining, opening up almost like a neighborhood pub, like, bistronomy, whatever it was being called, pub type of vibe. It was 2010. Yeah. And um and then kind of sneaking these like fine dining. Style foods into our menu, which wasn't kind of typical, right? You go to a yeah. go to a place, you're like, all right, well, maybe I'll get the chicken strips, maybe I'll get this. What's how is there? What's a beef tartare? Why is that on the menu? Like in 2010, just a, a neighborhood joint, you would not normally never see. No. or scallops even or a beet salad. It's yeah. it was a lot more you know rudimentary style uh, cooking and um, things that you you would more likely see in like a a neighborhood setting. But we kind of brought that and um, put it into tasting menu form. Um, and
0: and a, a tasting menu is when you you pay one price, right, and then here you it comes. make no choices. <laughs> right, yeah, here it sit comes. back
1: and enjoy the ride. We started with like a, a a seven to ten course tasting menu, I think it was for two people,
0: and then it and just, it was so cheap, it was like ridiculous. Yeah,
1: it was like thirty five, forty bucks or something like right. that, shared. It was just uh you know just come and eat, just get in here. We'll yeah. we'll cook for you. Was kind of the idea, and. Um, kind of mixing the idea of what it meant to be a server and what it meant to be a cook. We were cooking and serving at the exact same time, so um, bringing it to you, being at the table, finishing courses at the table with you, and um, giving people some interaction that they're not normally used to in a in yeah. a pub atmosphere that you would maybe get in a fine dining atmosphere where somebody would you know finish a dish or plate a dish for you at the right. table, but,
0: but you wouldn't get that in a in a suburb at a at a uh, at a pub. Yeah, right. Of course it's, not. So, Nor would you probably want it. But.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was one of those things that it kind of came unexpected. Yeah. And we put a lot of um, our own style of hospitality behind it, which is just kind of like this heartfelt connection of we love food. We love having people here. And you're our guest now. So, like, come on in. We want to show you what we got going on. Um, and then it kind of morphed uh, throughout the years, moving from a uh, different building to a different building to where we're at now.
0: Mike Brown is with us. Uh, one of the founders of Travail. Uh, Now you have a beautiful building in downtown Robbinsdale. Across the street, you have uh, Nouvelle Brewing. Yep. Uh, Which, talk to me about that, because Pig Ate My Pizza was your pizza restaurant. It was popular. Yep. Uh, And you made a decision to kind of pivot uh, format a bit.
1: So, Pig Ate My Pizza had been around for nine years, and the crew that we had on... Um and our mindset with pizza and you do pizza for nine years you've you've can feel it you're like man we've been cooking pizza for nine years so we wanted to kind of expand especially when you have
0: the the caliber of talent that you're attracting are people who could be working at any of the best restaurants in town
1: right and which
0: that's true of plenty of restaurants that don't get a ton of acclaim or whatever but the reality is when you have that kind of creativity
1: like let's expand a little bit let's find another way to like let's reach different areas of cuisine here. Um, and also, just our brewer is um, his name's Andy Getch. He he was the chef de cuisine at Traval for about four years, and he had been brewing the entire time we've ever had him uh, on with the company. He's been with us for like nine years now, and uh, he we, we we said, hey, you know, we're gonna do this. We're gonna revamp Pig. Yeah. You know, back in the day, and uh, do you want to do this brewing part of this? And he said yes. And his brewing has blossomed, like something I. More than anything in, in our company, I've never, huh. you know, I, I don't know how to brew beer at all. But the taste of uh, people that come in that, that, that taste this beer and us just tasting this beer is fantastic. It's really good. And we really yeah. wanted to highlight that, giving it kind of its own title and its own, its own, uh, you know, identity. Nouvelle.
0: Nouvelle Brewing. Yeah. And the, still many of the pizzas that people loved from before are still there. Pick my pizza. You sort of so had much. to, did you have to bring it back? Because I feel like when yeah. I when I first went, of course. <laughs> it was different. Yeah, and the the people sort of said, "No, we want the pizza back.
1: We want pizza." And that's that's you know that's the game you play in the business, right? You're listening to people constantly. Like, is that hard? Know, like, does it make you
0: feel like, "Oh, we screwed this up. We shouldn't have changed." No, it, I or? correlate
1: it to everything else that we've ever done. I mean, take for instance the Travail story. We opened as a pub. Our number one selling item when we first opened was a fish and chips, the Broadway Butterburger, and then it was like maybe a beet salad or a scallop or something like yeah. that, or a steak and pasta. Um, and then it just, it morphs. People are like, this is what we want. This is what we want. And you just kind of give them what they want and you, you do your best version of it, you know?
0: It's interesting because you have to respond to what the what the audience wants, but you also want to like give your... I mean, anyone out there listening who runs a business has this same tension. You want to give the audience what they want, but you also want to creatively, like, stimulate and excite your top employees.
1: In, indeed. And that's the thing. It doesn't always match up. And it's top—it's from top to bottom, though. Like, its you know, it's the people that have been with you for nine years or whatever, the people that have been with you for five years. But it's also, like, the new administrative, you know, uh, person that you brought on that's like, oh, that's such a great idea. Like, to, to, to stimulate them, even though it's maybe an old idea. It's it's like all right, how how does this hit different crowds, right? How does this how does this dish that I've done many times before, that uh, this 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 uh, young cook who has never done it before, been with us for maybe three months, look at his reaction, how cool he thinks this is. It's like all right, let's reinvent some things, you know. But then also like you know, take in some other directions so you can excite everybody.
0: Travail. One of our texters asked me to repeat the restaurant name. It's Travail. T a t r a v a i l. Travail. New Val is across the street. Mm-hmm. Pizzas, beer, more bar food.
1: And just to give a give a shout out to the name, so the Travail was came from work, the word work in French, like the work, right? And uh, we brought it to our parents, and they were like trials and travails, like from the like King, King James Bible, right? And I said, well, have you ever owned a restaurant before? <laughs> <laughs> it is that. It is yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then Nouvelle, um, the name came from uh, Nouvelle Cuisine, which uh, if you're familiar with is mm-hmm. kind of like the the whole wave of, of fresh ingredient cooking that's kind of Americanized but also kind of fusion, kind of mixed together into like what's, what we all know as like the Thomas Keller era of like restaurants used to be pork chop with a rosemary sprig in the middle. Now it is, Now it is – the fine dining scene is this. It's like, well, we want to try to bring that into like the brewing scene, right? We want to try to – bring elements of that into our beer dinners, bring elements of that into our beer itself. Like maybe you see beer this way maybe we can add something to it that we can see a little bit differently in a newer style.
0: Fun. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about what travail has become today, because if it started as a pub <laughs> uh, today, it is more like a palace and it's a much different level of experience. And uh, I want to talk about that and sort of ask what you see. I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now as to what's going on in restaurants and what those of us who are going out to eat want when we go out to eat. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, Plus, we'll get Mike Brown's favorite places to eat in town that are not his restaurant. So you think of that, and we'll be right back with more DeRussia Eats with Mike Brown from the Travail Collective next here on Drive Time. 424, DeRussia Eats with Mike Brown we're Hello. just we're just trying to figure <laughs> out like what's what's going to be going on this year in food <laughs> one of the predictions i made and it's always you know predictions what do i know i don't know but from covering this industry mm. i am bullish on high-end restaurants because i think people if they're choosing to go out right. they want it to be awesome yeah they want that they're they're not a now look, not everybody can afford to do this, right? Right. But the people who have money, like, things were fine for them during COVID. And sure. th- and they're they're willing to spend. I worry about like some of the more neighborhoody type spots uh, you know, are because people aren't going out on Tuesdays and Mondays and Wednesdays like they used to. They're still going out, but it's not It's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. If you're a regular diner and you go out on Friday, yep. you're like, what are these guys talking about? Everything's full. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you're there. Yeah, Tuesday
1: through Tuesday through Thursday, a little bit different story.
0: Yeah. Are you feeling that at all? I mean, travail yeah. is a ticketed experience, so you buy you sort of buy it when you reserve it. Yeah. Which Dude, was crazy when you started it. But, I mean. And now it's pretty common.
1: Maybe it is polarizing a little more in the sense that, like, I mean, you always wish you could have four Saturdays. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right of course. <laughs> like, please um but you know friday saturdays you know busy busy days and then um you know like you i think you really truly know you're doing doing well when your wednesdays and thursdays are filling up and right and you're not you know um out there like really pushing pushing hard to try to get those seats filled um it's it's tough because let's just take for instance a snow day right it's you're gonna get hit.
0: Everybody's canceling.
1: Yeah. And not only are they canceling, you know, they're just there's no, they're, no they're showing. No showing and yeah. it's bananas, right? So um there's there's things like that that affect it. it. Honestly, when you say like is how is it changing and and that you feel like the the fine dining scene is gonna be doing okay because it has always kind of done okay. Um, it's the middle ones. It's the middle restaurants I think right. that are gonna have a tough time. the, the classic sit down your service shows up, and the bill comes for four people, and it's under $150, right. like that type of restaurant. That's what we're talking about, neighborhood-type restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's just harder to hit your margins, you know, because you have to have X amount of people to serve that type of service.
0: One of our texters says, we dined at Travail from the beginning. Loved the blue cheese tater tots. Oh,
1: my goodness. Those were iconic. Man. Yes. We should bring them back. That's some old school. That's an old, that school, is old school friend right
0: there. That is old school. Um, Travail today is you, you have a signature tasting menu. Yep. You have a basement bar. Mm-hmm. Tell And there's a rooftop scenario as well. So sure. tell me sort of how you've put together what you're really focused on now.
1: So um, the signature tasting menu is like what you, Travail is kind of known for, kind of. Try to push the envelope in certain directions with food. Um, it's it's not – I feel like it's not as challenging as it used to be because, like, I feel like in 2010, beef tartare was a challenge for people. Yeah. I don't think it is anymore. No. I mean, most people are like, oh, I love beef tartare. They seek it out now, you know. Yeah. So it's things like that where it used to be labeled as a challenging dining experience. But we're just kind of, you know, exploring the fine dining world and we're trying to, you know, add some amusement to it, you know, bring some – kind of an excitement of dinner and kind of pull you out of your mind that you're actually eating, you know, at a restaurant. You're more of a, more of like a dinner club of, of a vibe, right? Or you're eating at someone's home. Give people
0: an example of like what you mean by (laughs) amusements.
1: So, uh, for instance, (laughs) pretty much right out of the gate, I think it's the fourth course. There's a risotto course that is actually, it's a race right now between we have, you know, three large dining tables in the restaurant and uh, everybody has a – everybody's table has like a, a name or a team name, right? And it's like, is your team going to beat this team? So are the <laughs> – are the Valley Girls going to beat the Bulldogs over here? And the Bulldogs going roof, 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 you know, right. whatever. And, um, and then it's a race between their chefs who are plating at the table who can actually plate uh, this risotto course the cleanest and the fastest, right? And it's like, you guys win. And then everybody gets a, oh, a little extra shot or something like that to, yeah. to, to reward that team. And it's like, well, you don't normally – you know, do something that... Uh, no. <laughs> at a normal restaurant. Right. But, uh, to me, like, that's always been Travail's normal, you know? Yeah. Um, do you get pushback
0: from people who are like, oh, you guys aren't serious or you're silly?
1: Well, Tim, me, I mean, really what it is is if never really to our face, yeah. um, They but, just
0: tell me, is that... Yeah,
1: they'll know. just say something to somebody <laughs> yeah. and then somebody's like, well, you know, somebody said this, and it's like, well, that's kind of what we do, though, right? Like, yeah. we're taking fine dining and trying to you know elevate it into this in this way where it's approachable you know that was kind of always the theme was like how do you make fine dining approachable well put it in a pub atmosphere that was how we first did it you know yeah. and uh and it started morphing and morphing it's like well how connected can you make this to the guest so that they forget that they're even dining all together and the dining experience just becomes wow this is a great dish and wow this environment is fun you know and uh by the time you leave you're like oh, I'll do that again that was fun yeah yeah
0: Mike Brown is with Travail. Last question for you. Uh oh. Your three. Three. Well, you can give as many as you want. What What are the restaurants you like to eat at that are not your own?
1: Um, anything that Stephen Brown does. Uh, which would be your Tilia, Saint Genevieve. Um, and then uh, I would Julia say,
0: to the uh, hotel restaurant yep. downtown. He does, which is nice.
1: And then I did. Uh, I would. I would say uh, Gion, which is. I don't know if you're familiar with mm. that. A uh, restaurant over off of 169. Uh, Vietnamese, fantastic. It's my pho restaurant. I go there almost three four times a, a month. It's in New Hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, Muriel. Uh,
0: St. Paul. Yep. Karin awesome. Karin Tomlinson.
1: Karin's the best. We did a pop-up residency with her called UFTA uh, in 2019, and then she went off and opened that spot up, and it is fantastic. Um, who else nice. do I like out there? That's good. That's right, a, cool.
0: I think that's a great list. <laughs> Mike Brown, thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks go, for having me. Go visit Go visit Travail. Go visit Nouvelle and Dream Creamery. Yes, uh, of course. It's going to be opening up in May. Opening up in spring, the ice cream uh, and lobster roll restaurant. <laughs> logical. Logical combo. <laughs> DeRussia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason DeRussia. On Tuesdays, we do DeRussia Eats at 4 o'clock. It's brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board, and my guest today has such an interesting story. It's a story I think a lot of you can relate to. In your community, in your town, just sort of dissatisfied with the options. Maybe you don't have more than one or two options of places to eat. Carly Getzloff decided to rectify that by opening her own restaurant. It's called Churchill Street in Shoreview. Carly, it's so good to have you in studio
2: today. Thanks so much for having me.
0: So you tell me how this started, because uh, first of all, I love your restaurant. As you know, I've been there many times. And Shoreview isn't exactly my neck of the woods, but it is yours, right?
2: It is. My husband was born and raised there, and I've been a resident now for a little over 11 years.
0: And what most people know about Shoreview is that it used to be a prank to take the S off of the city sign.
2: I have heard about that one. <laughs> I have not seen it happen, actually, since I've lived there, but how long I have, have you, heard How about
0: long it? have you lived there? 11 years. 11 years, yes. I remember this being on the <laughs> news, and then it stopped. I don't mm-hmm. know what stopped it.
2: I don't know either. It's very prominent where it's placed. But it, it is so. very prominent,
0: and, and, you know, I think our smarter <laughs> listeners can figure out why they took the S down. So Shoreview is sort of in that Arden Hills-like it's yep.
2: New Brighton. We're, New Brighton. We're right off of 35W and almost 35E, depending on what part of Shoreview mm-hmm. you're in, right north of 694. So, and
0: because of its location, perhaps, it never was really served by by many restaurants, right?
2: I think we're close enough to the city. Like, you're 15 minutes to downtown Minneapolis or St. Paul. I think a lot of people just figured if we're going to go out for a nice meal, we're going to go into the city.
0: But you, what made you say, you know what, I want to open a restaurant here?
2: I lived on the East Coast in Boston for a little over five years before moving to Shoreview. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, I just was like, I can't walk anywhere and there's no good food. And I was just really frustrated by it. And in my years of living there, I started getting more involved in the community. I've been on the Shoreview Economic Commission now for about five years. And it was just like a slow build to how can I make this better? Because I love our town and the people who live in Shoreview, everyone loves the town they live in. But- Everyone who lives there just loves it. Hmm. And my husband's generation, I found, is really interesting because everyone has left and everyone comes back. They all come back. I think that says a lot about the town. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I'm from North Dakota. I loved growing up there, but I wouldn't move back. So (laughs) I I think it really says a lot about the community. And they have great schools and there's so many great things about it. There just really was nowhere to eat.
0: Carla Gasloff opened Churchill Street. When?
2: November 10th of last year, so 2021. So we just had our one-year anniversary.
0: And you started this project before COVID or, or during COVID?
2: During. If COVID and the pandemic hadn't happened, this wouldn't have happened. I really wanted to do this for the last five years. I've been slowly trying to put together puzzle pieces, but with zero industry know-how I didn't know anyone in it, and everyone I tried to reach out to before the pandemic was too busy, which now, especially being in the restaurant industry, I fully get Now
0: now you get it. Yes,
2: now I get it. Um, But no one had time for lunch. Um, But with the pandemic, so many people were laid off, and that was how I ended up meeting my two consultants that I worked with to get Churchill Street to open.
0: You used a couple of consultants who were involved in the Bachelor Farmer.
2: Yep. Um, Jonathan Gans and Josh Hoyt. um, I don't know at what point post-Bachelor Farmer closing down, they formed Northlands Consulting. Um, But they formed a consulting group, which still exists. And They're
0: helping open uh, uh, some new restaurants in the Guthrie Theater right now. Yes.
2: Yep. That's their current thing. Um, But I was their first client, and when I first met with them, I remember saying to my husband, Like, well, I must have some sort of an idea because I'm like they agreed to do this (laughs) and I'm their first client and I don't think they would want to fail for their like first thing that they were doing. And for
0: our listeners who maybe don't know, the Bachelor Farmer was owned uh, by uh, the Dayton kids Mm -hmm. who were uh, the children of the former governor, Mark Dayton, and very successful James Beard award winner, one of the chefs. Uh, the last time I was there, Senator Amy Klobuchar was sitting right next to me. It was one of those kind of places. It was
2: a beautiful, you know? beautiful place. Beautiful yeah. food.
0: But you wanted to design when you're thinking about designing for Shoreview. Like, what was your what was your vision? Because what you've done, I and the reason I wanted to have you on is because what you've done, I think, is the kind of thing almost all of us would want in our own towns.
2: Yep, I. Really don't like chain restaurant food. I just think it doesn't taste like real food. My husband used to always call me a food snob, but I was just like, it's a little snobby. It's a little (laughs) bad. It doesn't taste like it's supposed to taste. So I was after creating a community restaurant where people could come and eat food that tasted like it was supposed to eat. Tastes like. I originally wanted to call it good, real food Mm. because to me, that was just what it was. Our recipes are very simple. There's not. A lot of bells and whistles to them, but our chef team, the way they execute the dishes, I mean, they would say it's simple. It's not simple. But when you look at the ingredient lists for many of our things, it's like five-ish ingredients, and the food itself is just exceptionally delicious.
0: You do – A very busy weekend breakfast brunch, right?
2: Yep. But you also function
0: really as a community gathering space.
2: We do. That was always the number one goal. So coffee? Yep. So we have a a great coffee program. Um, We have breakfast Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, brunch on the weekend. We have a great lunch menu. We have midday bites from 2 to 4, which um, we had Michael Lindgren for a long time that built our cocktail program. Our current GM is Salmonier, so great wine list, really nice happy hour treats. And then dinner, we have reservation, and it is full service because we are a counter-service model during the day. And then at 2 p.m., we convert over now to full service. So when you come in for dinner, you have a waiter, waitress, um, and just— Did the
0: community want that?
2: They did. We— I, I was actually the one who held out for so long. I just really wanted to make it a casual place where you could drop in with your family and kids and just get a really quick meal if you wanted it. But you could also come meet friends for a fancy dinner yeah. and hang out for three hours. But, but the full service has been. But the people. Our, our,
0: were, the, sometimes the people speak and yes. they're like, we don't get it. And Is I, that it? They just didn't get it?
2: they didn't get it but i also what chef martha oliner has been able to create for us i just think it deserved full service Hmm. i mean it's all of our food is beautiful but dinner he really shines and what he's putting out it just it it deserves someone to talk about it and explain it and help educate about it because it's really stunning
0: churchill street is the name of the restaurant carly getzloff is our guest and when you look at Uh, Your model beyond what you're doing with food what you're doing with your employees and paying people and benefits That's a little different from what a lot of restaurants are doing as well, right?
2: It is we We're hopeful in the next year we can apply for B Corp status, but it was something that we really wanted. B Corp
0: is like a public good charity. Yes. Not charity. Yes.
2: And as far as I know, we would be the first restaurant in Minnesota to do that.
0: Peace Coffee is an example in the food space that people might know, but yeah, I've never heard of that.
2: Yep. So um, we provide 100% health care that's fully paid by us um, for anyone working 28 or more hours. Wow. Um, We offer PTO. We pay... a very livable wage and then we have a servicing model so 15% of everything every bill goes completely to my employees. We don't take any part of it. you that. take none of it We take none of it
0: was was there an education point like did the did the guests because I, I hear from a lot of people frustration when they mm-hmm. go out to eat where you're like do I tip do right. I pay what's right. this fee? why is it 21%? how right. do I know where it's going all of these questions.
2: The fact that we give it 100% to our employees makes it a lot easier, and I think the guest enjoys it a lot more. Molly, one of our uh, main people during the week, I mean, I hear her say it every, like, (laughs) she probably says it in her dreams because she says it so often. But just 15% is added to your bill, and 100% of that is split by all of us. So it's phenomenal. It's even split with our managers, which, again, for, like, My GM and my executive chef and all those people who they put in the hours and usually you just don't get part of that as well.
0: A lot of people don't know that managers often are making less money in restaurants than servers are. It's a real issue. How do you how do you get quality managers? Right. Who would want that job to take a pay cut?
2: Right. Agreed. I mean, it's,
0: it's a challenge. It is. Yeah. Carla Gesloff is our guest. Churchill Street is the restaurant. It is in Shoreview. You should go visit it. It's terrific. We'll ask how business is going because I think a lot of people think restaurants are 100 percent back. Right. And we'll check in with you on that. Plus, get some of your favorite places to go visit. When you're not at work, because you have young kids. I do. So I think people will be interested to hear that. 420, Derusha Eats is brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. Churchill Street is our focus today, a suburban restaurant, as we continue on Drive Time with Derusha. Swapping some uh, childhood and parenting stories here <laughs> with uh, Carla Getzloff, the owner of Churchill Street in Shoreview, just hit its one-year anniversary. Congratulations. Thank you. How old are your kids?
2: Six and eight. Just turned. Just had two birthdays. Six and
0: eight. Yep. So, like, did everyone just say you were crazy to open a restaurant with a five and seven-year-old?
2: Not really. No. No. I think everyone told me restaurants are stressful and it's a really hard business and it was driving me nuts. And then the minute Uh, we opened, I'm like, oh, yeah. That's why everyone told me that. they were
0: correct. Yes. <laughs> Those things were true. Yes. Where is business at? You have only known life right. as a restaurant post COVID. Right. And you also are, you know, sort of a, a first in your area. So it's, you don't have anything really to compare to. But how, right. how is it?
2: It's been very up and down. We've been. We really can't figure out when we're going to be busy and when we're not going to be busy, which has been hard for staffing because you don't want to overstaff. You don't want to mm. understaff and get caught either way.
0: Are people just being more cautious with spending their money or going out or That's, it's just unpredictable?
2: It's just unpredictable. It's one of the things I've actually really enjoyed about living where we live. I feel like people are very smart with their money and it's not a showy suburb. It's yeah, it's just very run of the mill. It's not North Oaks. It's not. Well,
0: no disrespect. I love you, North Oaks people. Invite me to your big, giant house, please.
2: I love you too. Come and get my restaurant. <laughs> <Come> spend,
0: it, <laughs> buy, buy the most expensive bottle on the list, please. Yes, yes. right. It should, but is different.
2: Right, it is. But I actually would say North Oaks is the same in that, like people. I don't think are very are not showy with their money. They're largely
0: Minnesota. It is Midwest.
2: You eat at home. You yep. cook at home. You entertain at home.
0: Yeah. I wonder if. You know, there was a phase, and we're both in a sort of similar age, yes. but there there was a phase where, like, restaurant, there was nothing sexier than restaurants. Right. It was the coolest thing going. Right. And I wonder if that point is over, if if people are not as excited. I don't know where they're going or what they're doing. Maybe it's breweries or maybe it's right. just staying home. I don't know. But I wonder if the yeah. magic is starting to fade.
2: I, I mean, even myself personally, especially pre-pandemic, I went out. A lot for yeah. restaurants, and I feel like I still haven't gotten back to my normal of like it's normal to get a babysitter and go out to eat or meet friends out to Interesting. eat. Interesting. So yeah. I hope I will get back there. Yeah, and I hope people do. But I do. When
0: your kids are twelve or thirteen, then right. you, then it's then, 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 we'll then you're back, on. baby. Then yes. it's then you're set.
2: Yes, agreed.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. But yeah, I business. I feel like we just need to adjust to where we are currently, and we're still figuring that out. Again, a year in, there's still. Oh, yeah. Constantly so much stuff to figure out. And I know hopefully five years from now, looking back on this, I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I was trying to figure that out then.
0: (laughs) Churchill Street is the name of the restaurant. It's uh, on Churchill Street.
2: It is. I'm very creative.
0: (laughs) The restaurant used to be a hardware store, right?
2: It was. Yep. It's beautiful. I went there to get my own hardware. It was only built in 2005, which is actually was unfortunate Mm. for us because it didn't have a lot of historical – things in no
0: charmer character no but, but my, structurally
2: but structurally it had one window and one door and an outdoor <laughs> selling floor which is what we turned the patio into but i worked with um win yellen of locust architects and abby jensen of james dayton design and they just truly knocked it out of the park i yeah. had a very small idea and they just i mean you walk in there it's just filled with light it's yeah. beautiful it is it's beautiful. very open concept yeah um and if you saw what was there before, the one window and fluorescent lights, there's nothing original to it other than the floor. All right. When
0: you did go out or when yes. you do go out yes. now, what are your top three places to go in the Twin Cities?
2: In the Twin Cities. We love tongue-in-cheek. Uh, St. Paul, very underrated yes.
0: restaurant. So Excellent. Under,
2: always a great experience. Yep. Really, really love it.
0: Payne Avenue.
2: yes. Yes, East Side um,
0: St. Paul, good stuff.
2: We do a lot of like buttered tin hazels on the weekend. Oh, yeah. um, if we and nice. Colossal Cafe will forever like. I brought my babies there. I just I love going to Colossal Cafe on the, the weekend. The, the
0: absolute best breakfast sandwiches in the yes, world. those from biscuits. Cafe. The are biscuits. Like, oh my gosh.
2: When we had our biscuits, I would say Aaron, my chef, Aaron's are better. But okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have them right now. We'll get them. But back when they're again. back, when they're back, yes. But no, love those places, and we really, we still love Spoon and Stable so mm-hmm. much. Where I'm actually headed there after this to go hop in the bar. We are huge oyster fans, so Meritage is always really big on our list. To Meritage, Meritage. I never say it correctly. They
0: say Meritage. They do. So. So I should say merit. It's a made-up word. I think people think it's a real word, but it's not. So
2: going there and having their oysters and then having muscle frites, it's uh,
0: like... I know. We're going to dinner there Thursday night. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, So happy for your success. Thank you. And, you you know, I hope... I think the reality is we are seeing people staying out in their suburbs more. They're working from home. Right. They're having business dinners closer to home. And I hope we see more more uh, efforts like yours where people say, you know what, I just want to make my community richer right. and stronger and open up a restaurant.
2: It, it's been a great, great journey. I just feel really lucky that I've gotten the chance to do it. I would say, even if we don't end up making it in the long term, just the fact that I got the chance to try it, it's yeah. a long term pipe dream. So. All right, don't say that. You make it sound like it's going to close.
0: <laughs> Carla gets left. Go to Churchill Street in Shoreview. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast on WCCO Radio, 830 AM. We do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10? 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the Derussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A U D A C Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Derusha Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to Derusha Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason Derusha is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Derusha Eats is a production of Odyssey.